Well, as we close the books on 2023, a year in which I think a lot of people expected it might be a rough year, but ended up being a pretty healthy year overall as we finished up December. But what does that mean for 2024? We'll talk about some of the outlook. We'll talk about some of the predictions that experts have, and we'll get Tim's thoughts on where we're at heading into the new year. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management, and he can be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Glad to have you on the Retirement Power Play podcast. I'm Ben George with Tim Dyer, Dyer Wealth Management. He is a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management. And Tim, looking forward to the new year. Have you set any resolutions? Where are you at as we kind of get started here? I have an Excel spreadsheet with my New Year's resolutions, <laughs> and I just copy and paste them each year. There you do the same. So you know, <laughs> very similar. Uh, I could always use a, lose a couple of pounds, but um, and um, yeah. So you know, it, 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 this is always a kind of cool time. The the end of the year, um, twenty twenty three is closing and or closed, and now we're in twenty twenty four. And I think looking back, there's really some some takeaways that I think might provide a little momentum into, you know, this new year. So if we just take a quick look back at 2023, you know, the stock market really had, had kind of a, I don't want to necessarily call it a roller coaster because it started out of the gates, went up and it stayed up for the whole year, but it did have some pretty good moves along the way. And I'll, I'll kind of, you know, dig into that here in a second, but we had, we were dealing with, we had the you know the war in Ukraine, uh, the conflict in Israel. Those things were dominating the headlines. And look, we we certainly have to put the humanitarian element of all of that. Um, if we kind of just we all agree that those are you know not um, optimal situations. But if we focus on this from an economic perspective, it isn't really the news bin. Um, it's how the market reacts to the news. And as we kind of instructed our clients. Uh, or as we did instruct our clients, um, the market's already priced in a lot of this data, right? Uh, there aren't a lot of things that can happen over there that are really going to move the needle either way. Uh, the algorithms, the portfolio managers, the retail investors, you know, they've, they've taken what the data and, and interpreted as they see it from their vantage point, And they've either said, well, you know, we need to be more defensive or we need to put more money in defense stocks or whatever it is. I'm just throwing out a couple examples out there. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that there isn't a lot of news that's going to come out of that that is going to have – there's certainly outliers, but that's been priced in. And you say, well, how do you know, Tim? Well, you know, nothing is etched in stone. But think about all the things that we were worried about before in previous years, you know, mm-hmm. elections, other conflicts. Um, you know, getting uh, all our uh, troops out of Afghanistan. That was a big one. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And they're, they're the news until they're not. And then you move on to the next thing. And so the point I'm trying to make is that markets dislike uncertainty. They can actually deal with bad news a lot better than people think. And I, I say this as if the market is like a human being. Well, it is a human being. It's us. Right? Yeah. It's the collective wisdom of us. Um, but it's it's uncertainty that really creates those wild, uncomfortable swings uh, in the market. So um, inflation was a big topic uh, in 2023. 
even though that inflation was up from historic levels, or I should say recent levels, it tapered off a little bit towards the end of the year. Interest rates, which affect a lot of different things, uh, some of that good, some of that bad. Interest rates uh, went up the fastest they, they had historically, from almost 0% to 5%, the Fed fund rates. Uh, but you know now we're starting to see signs that that's slowing down and that we may have even actually see some rate cuts in 2024. So all of this, if we kind of put it into a big stew or pot, it's, it's to say I think far too many people are overly pessimistic about not only the, uh, the, the future, but the short-term future. Uh, 2024 is an election year, and look, you and I both know we're going to get the popcorn out and just, you know, <laughs> it really kind of, it, this is going to be a wild one for sure. But the things that are driving the market are, are still intact, okay? GDP, right, gross domestic product, that is the economic indicator that basically says, that, you know, how big is our economy? And that is a very, very large number, right, in the trillions. Coupled with, you know, if, if we go from 3 or 4% growth rate, which is considered high, to 2% growth rate, it's still on a really big number, right? And, and all yeah. of that growth trickles down into companies. Um, and if companies have to uh, adapt and either hire workforce or layoff workforce or expand, or you know, they do that to preserve their profitability and their earnings, which is why, you know, this whole game works of investing. So earnings are going up. Uh, the forecasts uh, for 2024 that will still, you know, I think uh, we're going to close the year two, maybe what is it? 225 in, in uh, earnings per share in the S and P 500. And we've got targets of 250 and up. Um, and so that, you know, again, that just, however you look at that, um, that just means, that the pie is growing and getting bigger, and that and that should be a thing. I'll say one last thing. We talked about the election, twenty twenty four. A lot of times during the around elections, we get gridlock, right? And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on, right? People are, you know, both sides are sort of coming together with ideas of how they think they're going to solve our our problems, our issues, or the needs of the country. But they really don't get implemented until one side gets in and. You know, takes control, right? They kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. So, as we said at the top of the show, gridlock isn't necessarily a bad thing. The market says, okay, um, we're not really worried about any of these massive changes happening in the short term, um, whether it's tax or fiscal policy or international policy or whatever it is uh, that can drive company earnings. Um, gridlock's not a bad thing. So, you know, I don't know what kind of popcorn you like, man, but uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch or interesting to watch, I should say. Yeah, I'm curious how, how uh, are your clients, people you're talking to on a regular basis, how do they feel heading into 2024? Are they relatively optimistic, still a little bit unsettled over the last after the last few years? Well, I think it's different than the beginning of 2023. Uh, in 2023, we were coming off a negative year the year before, right? We're a couple of years removed from COVID, yeah. but you know, I'm keeping the numbers straight in my head here too, but uh, market was down 20%, if you will, uh, the S&P 500, was down about 20% in 2022. And you know, we saw a similar gain, a little bit more on the upside uh, as of 2023. 
So recency bias, meaning what's happened, you know, recently, if you will, clients are feeling a little bit better because the accounts are up and whatnot. Um, and we've, we had some conversations, like I mentioned just a moment ago about like, Hey, where the economy sitting? Um, what are the things that are driving the market right now? Uh, we've got some tailwinds. So I think people are, you know, especially the clients that we've talked with are, um, educated around, you know, the optimism that is out there. And statistically, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but um, Bespoke Invest, which puts out some really great statistics, they were looking at uh, after a 20 plus percent year gain in the market, what typically happens the next year. And uh, again, I, I don't think you can quote me on the exact number, but I, I believe it was 70 percent of the time those uh, the market was up double digits the next year. Okay. I'll, we'll try and include those in the, in the show notes. I'll, I'll find that link. But um, the point is, is everybody thinks what, what goes up must come down. Maybe that's true, but you got to dig in a little more. As I say, what goes up may go down, but it may go down from a far higher level than where it is now. So, you know, in both cases, you're right. But if the market goes up another 20% from here, then drops 10%, you know, you're still in a, in a good situation. Yeah. Well, interesting to kind of see the different opinions on kind of where we're headed, but good to see the numbers as well and kind of get a better sense of truly where we're tracking. I know a lot of people are hoping interest rates track down again. Inflation stays lower would be uh, would be ideal for a lot of folks. But either way, I know you'll be able to there, be there to help people out, Tim. If they have any questions, you can always get in touch with Dyer Wealth Management online, DyerWM.com or over the phone at 858 858- Four five nine three nine three seven. How do you typically treat the beginning of the year with with clients, Tim? Are you having outlooks, or are you just kind of treating it as another month? You know, in the process, there are some things that that do get done at the beginning of the year. So we have we have um, you know some meetings and communications that we put out with our clients. Um, but traditionally, we're we're meeting with our clients uh, right around tax time, uh, that April May. And then, again, we just finished up our year-end strategy sessions at the end of 2023 where we're setting the stage for, you know, how we're positioned going into 2024. So, you know, they don't show up sort of unannounced in 2024. We're we're prepared uh, ahead of time. But what's interesting, I just kind of want to go back to the the outlooks, right? Wall Street puts out projections and outlook because their clients ask for it. Right. When I say Wall Street, I just mean, you know, large investment banks, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, you know, the list is endless. But they do that because their clients want it, not because they want to do it. In fact, they know that one year forecasting is really, you know, I, I think the the old adage was uh, the reason economics predict or the reason we have economists is to make astrologists look smart. Right. Um, you just you, you can't predict the things that are going to happen during the year because so many things change. And so. I remember Goldman Sachs at the end of the year was having trouble figuring out what was next for the market uh, and putting in, you know, some targets on the next year just because they know it's an impossible task to accurately predict short-term market moves. So in, in across all of these banks, strategists have a pretty wide range of views. The targets range from – and we use the S&P 500 as a, as a main benchmark as most people can relate to it. Um, but the targets range from 4,000 to 5,500. So, I mean, that just basically implies a rate of return between negative 5%, from, excuse me, negative 9%, I believe, from where we are 
to about another 20% in gains. So that's a pretty wide range of things that can happen. Uh, and on a one-year basis, that's always the case. Um, the, the range of returns is pretty wide. As you go out in time, one year, going out in time to five years, 10 years, 15 years, those range of return probabilities get tighter, right? So maybe plus 10 to minus 2. That's not a bad thing because it creates a higher degree of predictability over longer periods of time. So uh, money that you need to use for remodel, new car, kids' school, whatever it might be, that might not be the, the money this year that you want to have uh, fully invested in the market. That might be money you want to be looking at something else um, to make sure that that's available because the range of re potential returns are very high and very low on a one-year basis. So, um, again, we like talking about it at the beginning of the year and kind of give us a sense of the overall direction. But it, it really is just kind of a, a starting baseline. We have to make some adjustments along the way throughout the year. So always interesting to see how it pans out. Again, it's an election year, so uh, <laughs> let's let's see how it ultimately plays out. Yeah, let's say we could check back in the summer and, and kind of see where we're at compared to where we thought we'd be, but then you still have the second half of the year still to come, which could be the roller coaster ride. We'll, we'll see, though, how it all plays out. I know you'll be there for everybody, Tim. We appreciate your insight, as always, the information you provide us. And if you have questions for Tim, want to sit down and, and get some help with, uh, with managing your wealth, you can do so by calling 858-459-3937. Tim, thanks for the time. and uh, wish you a happy new year. Look forward to the 12 months ahead. You got it, buddy. The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.